and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy File series with a look at the 49ers backfield, a.k.a. a zero or beers delight. I mean, we're looking at this situation. There's not a single 49ers running back with an ADP over RB28 right now over at our good friend, Underdog Fantasy, in terms of what they're talking about. A little bit different on the redraft sites, but you know what? Those things are getting a little funky anyway before August. So the important thing to note, people, is that the Kyle Shanahan history of enabling fantasy-friendly running backs is long. I mean, come on. Kyle, Mike, this family basically invented the idea that running backs don't matter. A true staple of my lovely employer, Pro Football Focus. And, you know, I've ranted on this podcast before about my, I guess, hatred towards that idea because obviously running backs matter. They touch the ball over 20 times every single game. What does matter is, I guess, a team's ability to maneuver the salary cap. And because of that, we see running backs be a little bit more replaceable than other players so we can keep these greedy owners' pockets full because, God forbid, we give more money to the players. But again, that's an argument for another day. We'll just focus on the rules and the hand that we've been dealt uh, at this moment. So first, I just want to say about Kyle Shanahan, yes, he's been great enabling fantasy-friendly running backs. I mean, you look at rushing touchdowns since uh, emerging as, you know, being with the Washington uh, football team, formerly known as the Redskins in 2012. I mean, he's had a top five offense and total rushing scores on four occasions, only falling out of the top 13 once. So if you're a running back, Kyle Shanahan, you're going to score a fair amount of rushing touchdowns. The one thing though that I don't think a lot of people understand is that just because Kyle Shanahan is a great mind awesome play caller doesn't exactly lead to consistent just high-end points per game success I mean you go back Again, I'm looking at 2010. Okay, 2010 was actually when he started with Washington, so my apologies on the previous staff. But since then, the guy has only had three offenses finish inside of the top 20 scoring offenses in the league. I mean, he started off with Washington two years, 25th and 26th. He gets RG3, and they finish fourth. Next year, they fall with 23rd. He goes to Cleveland, they finish 27th. First year in Atlanta, they finished 21st. 2016 Falcons, absolutely incredible. Number one ranked scoring offense. Goes to 49ers and they finished 20th, 21st. Second in 2019, hell of a Super Bowl run. And then 2020, they fell down to 21st. So I realized when you go through this and you start seeing, hey, you know, when did Kyle actually have high-end quarterback play? Oh, the three years that he actually had top five scoring offenses. Just realize, I don't know that the 2021 version of Jimmy Garoppolo or the rookie year version of Trey Lance necessarily qualifies as you know the mvp version of matt ryan the rookie year version of rb3 of rg3 excuse me and even the 2019 version of jimmy g who was very good and very efficient and also was equipped with one of the league's best running games so while we always see the running backs thrive under Shanahan. I would just kind of temper your expectations for this offense as a whole. I know I have throughout this entire uh, offseason. There's a lot of mouths to feed, only one football to go around, unfortunately. So we'll stick to the running backs here in this episode of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, though, because again, going back, and we can even stretch uh, our sample further to 2008 when Shanahan was with the Houston Texans. I mean, we've just seen one just really stud running back after another. Steve Slayton had an RB7 finish in 2008, managed to go RB29, just a 11 games before getting injured the next year. In the first two years of Washington, we had committees, but still had a Roy Hilu RB24 finish in 2011. Alfred Morris ripped off RB7 and RB19 finishes in uh, the last two years in Washington. Had more of a committee system in Cleveland before we had Devontae Freeman rip off RB1 and RB6 performances in 2015 and 2016. And then finally, Carlos Hyde had a nice RB8 season in 2017. Pretty hilarious year. I mean, Carlos Hyde, one of these guys where, you know, he'll never be confused with anyone's idea 
of a good receiving back, but it was almost like that Leonard Fournette 2019 season. Like there was just nobody else to really give the ball to on a bad team. And because of that, Carlos freaking Hyde managed to catch 59 passes, averaged a hysterical four yards per target. I mean, it's, he averaged only 3.9 yards per carry, but we almost had like one of the most rare instances ever where a running back is more efficient carrying the ball than catching the ball. The big thing though, is over these last three years, Matt Breida led the way in 2018, RB26. Mostert led the way in 2019, RB26. Jeff Wilson led the way last year and was just the RB31. So it's been three years since Kyle Shanahan has enabled a true, even top 24 uh, PPR fantasy running back. So it's in just looking at the overall touches, it's been, no one's even cleared 200 touches since Carlos Hyde. So the question is, you know, has it been the injuries? Because those have been plenty. Mostert, Breida, Wilson, none of these guys have been immune to getting hurt a time or two. And because of that we've seen the backfield kind of constantly evolving but i do wonder if it's starting to be almost a philosophical change from shanahan because we you know we had the slayton the morris the freeman years even that hide year in 2017 it's just even when guys were healthy in the small kind of glimpses we had last year we just weren't seeing him really lean on one single back raheem Mostert never played more than 60 percent of the offensive snaps in the game last year it took jeff wilson until week 16 to do so for the first time and that was again most out of the picture and at that point, the Jared McKinnon experiment was over. I mean, McKinnon last year actually had three such games with over 60% of the offensive snaps. The problem was he typically wasn't afforded the sort of, you know, enhanced workload that we usually see go hand-in-hand -hand with the increase in snap rates. So McKinnon, I guess, stands out as the most receiving-friendly back of that group. And perhaps that's what, you know, new third-round pick Trey Sermon could bring to the table. But I'm not exactly betting on it. The Columbus, Ohio lifer in me would love for Trey Sermon to go in there, be the, you know, week one starter and just get fed. I don't necessarily see that happening though. And maybe he can take the pass down work. Just realize that Ohio state, this wasn't something he was consistently asked to do. He was fine when they threw him the ball. It could be a situation like Jonathan Taylor, where just because we didn't see them do it a ton in college doesn't mean they can't do it. Just realize I'm not so certain that most are someone in the, you know, McKinnon or excuse me, that, uh, Sermon is someone in the McKinnon uh, kind of threshold where he can really just thrive as that pass protector, as that pass down back. And I think with that in mind, people, we're looking at yet another crowded backfield. I mean, there are legit six solid running back options here. Mostert is the number one, in my opinion, the youngest 29-year-old back uh, in the NFL. You know, this doesn't have a lot of miles on the uh, odometer just yet. And, you know, he has averaged 5.6 yards per carry since joining the 49ers. I understand yards per carry, not the single best stat to evaluate way to running back by at the same time well we'd rather take a good yards per carry than a bad yards per carry with all due respect to my guy mike davis and like i don't think enough stock is being put into the fact that Mostert had 220 rushing yards four touchdowns in the freaking nfc championship all the way back in 2020 i know we had the pandemic it's been a long year and a half just realized it wasn't that long ago that Mostert was looking a lot like one of the better running backs in the entire nfl we also have new ex giants running back wayne gallman who in my opinion was the best non-saquon running back employed by the uh, new york football team in 2020 you know apparently he's running ahead of sermon to start i don't know if that's just something where you know the rookies have to work their way up the depth chart i mean we see this across the league bill belichick still making mac jones were number 50 uh after all. So if I had to guess, Gallman was just kind of in that position because Jeff Wilson got hurt more on that in a second. And uh, again, Sermon and uh, Elijah Mitchell are just rookies. Either way, Gallman is someone that's really right in the thick of this equation. People aren't really giving him the same sort of credit though. 
mentioned Trey Sermon and people, if you didn't catch the end of his college career, it truly was just one electric performance after another. So against Michigan State, he went for 112 yards in a tutty on just 10 carries against Northwestern, 331 yards in a pair of scores. That's right, 331 in one game. He did it in style too, just breaking all sorts of tackles along the way. Finished things off with another 193 rushing yards and a score against Clemson with some receiving goodness thrown in there. Unfortunately, got hurt, uh, you know, first snap against Alabama. That one still hurt. But I understand why Sermon, you know, was selected in the third round by Shanahan. It should stand out to us that they went that high and got someone. I mean, you know, with all due respect to Joe Williams and that fourth round uh, pick from a couple years ago, Sermon does and is the uh, highest, you know, round draft capital player that they've added to this backfield since Shanahan has been there. So I think Sermon, you know, should be viewed as the number two guy in this backfield if everyone stays healthy and, you know, just projecting projecting touches by the end of the season. Uh, just realize, you know, hey, we got more members. Elijah Mitchell, six-round pick, racked up over 3,800 total yards and 46 scores in four seasons at Louisiana. Look, history, and I, I pounded this on, you know, the table all season. History tells us that rookies drafted outside the top three rounds won't emerge as high-end fantasy assets. Just realize we have six examples of people, you know, just proving that theory wrong. Two of them were coached by Kyle Shanahan. So if there is going to be a late round running back that finds his way onto the field early. It could be Elijah Mitchell. Also have Jermichael Hasty, who was starting to do some okay things in 2020 prior to breaking his collarbone. And finally, Jeff Wilson, who we would be projecting to be the number two running back in this equation. Unfortunately, he already underwent meniscus surgery this offseason. Really, he can return his week eight, but we got a four to six month timeline to recovery back in late May. So got to, you know, monitor Wilson, but certainly not looking like that he's going to play a factor until the second half of the season at the absolute earliest. So a lot of potential mouse to feed. We'll see who kind of emerges from it. The good news is that we're once again equipped with anyone's idea of a great offensive line. PFF's ninth ranked offensive line entering 2021. You can check out the full rankings at PFF.com. Great job by Steve as always. And last year they finished in the same spot. I mean, yeah, uh, lo and behold, adding, you know, all world left tackle Trent Williams to the scene would help everything out. And as always, Shanahan's going to, you know, just continue to scheme these guys to perfection. I mean, that's the big uh, kind of, just, I guess, thing I've noticed about Shanahan's scheme over the years, because a lot of times we see these top offenses in yards before contact per carry. And they're headlined by guys like, you know, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Tyrod Taylor, dual threat quarterbacks that make that defensive end think twice before really crashing down into the interior. And Shanahan has been good enough just part with his bootleg game and everything he knows. You know, I'm not going to try to get too much into the weeds here, trying to explain some scheme stuff that Kyle just knows more in his little finger about than I do in my whole body. Just realize what he's been able to do I guess with um, creating these yards before contact opportunities, despite the presence, despite not having a mobile QB has been nothing short of extraordinary. Now, the potential problem is he now has that mobile QB. Trey Lance could be a problem for this backfield, not for the team. I think Trey Lance has a bright future. If Shanahan says he's their, you know, best quarterback option, number three, then great. I'm not really here to debate that. The question is, will Trey Lance be more of a traditional Jimmy G type quarterback or someone like Taysom Hill in terms of rush attempts? Because our NFL draft comp for, for Trey Lance was Taysom Hill will legit arm talent. I'm not trying to say Trey Lance is Taysom Hill. Please don't quote me on that social media media guy listen to his podcast later just realize any of these quarterbacks anytime you have an offense with a quarterback soaking up 150 rush attempts you know the cardinals the ravens uh those tyrod taylor bills teams over the years it's just tough for these offenses to really have 
fantasy friendly options elsewhere because the quarterback is such a, a big part of it. Instead of dumping the ball down the passing game, they're scrambling. And then once they get inside the 10 yard line, it's another person taking a piece out of that equity uh, pie. So Trey Lance, if he's under center, he'll be a top 12 fantasy quarterback immediately. Just realize that we would much rather have Jimmy G uh, under center in terms of predicting these running backs to really thrive in 2021 and beyond. So that takes us to our PFF Lily stat guys, Raheem Mostert. And I have more shares to Raheem Mostert in best ball than any other player right now. Raheem Mostert joins Tyree kill as the only players to reach 23 miles per hour with the ball in their hands since 2016. He managed to accomplish that twice in the year 2020. Thank you to next gen stats for that note. I mean, if you saw Mostert take that angle route to the house against the Cardinals in week one, and then take not one, but two sweeps to the house against the jets. Unfortunately, one got called back on a pretty ticky tack holding call. I mean, you saw it. this dude has burners. He is anyone's idea idea of fast, fast. So takes me to the ranks. I have Raheem Mostert as my RB 27 ahead of guys like Josh Jacobs, Damon Harris, Melvin Gordon. I'm, you know, still riding with David Montgomery, Miles Gaskin, Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds, just guys that I think have a better overall chance of getting that pass game equity or just kind of dominating their whole backfield like uh, David Montgomery. So most are, you know, he's going a little bit later in terms of ADP, RB28, RB29, an underdog, but it's almost still on its way down. I mean, he was someone that was starting to flirt with true RB2 territory before the draft, but everyone's freaking out about Sermon. Trey Sermon has a higher ADP than Raheem Mostert right now. I just cannot get behind it. I have Sermon down at RB38 behind AJ Dillon, James Robinson, Kenyon Drake, Jamal Williams. I'm not out on the guy. I have him ahead of Naeem Hines, David Johnson, the entire handcuff tier of Pollard, Latavius, and Madison. I just think that, I mean, there's a real chance that, you know, Sermon starts the year as their RB3 behind Wayne Coleman, Raheem Mostert. And if we want to say, oh, you know, Mostert's only going to be there for six games. You go ahead and say that, but I've made my, you know, feelings on kind of injury predictor Twitter clear over the years. I get it. Sermon is, you know, 29 years old, but if like, how many hoops are we going to jump through with this injury stuff? As long as those guys are out there and they're playing, I'm going to assume unless we have major, you know, just James Conner-esque going to last year, you know, just reasons to believe they actually are injury prone. I'm not going to let that cloud my decisions as anything more than potential tiebreaker. So Raheem Mostert, I want you guys to prioritize as particularly in these, you know, quote unquote, zero RB drafts. All the rage these days is your modified zero RB. So if you want to go ahead and excuse me, I, I hate calling it that name. We'll go with anchor RB. I understand if you get, you know, running backs in the top two rounds, like, yeah, take a ball or wide receiver over Mostert at that point. If you do find yourself going wide receiver and tight end heavy early, Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, if he falls a little bit, great zero RB options where you're drafting them at their floor compared to their ceiling. Again, people going back to Shanahan's history. I mean, the last three years, even though it hasn't been great, we've had his running backs finish as the RB 26, RB 26 and RB 31. That's where they're going. That's fantastic. If they you know, do what they did last year, they'll meet that value. If they do what they did in the best case years, now we're looking at a potential league winner available for cheap in the late rounds. And I think that does apply to Wayne Gallman to a lesser extent, but he's just so far behind these guys. You can almost take them as your legit last round pick, maybe round 16, just to get ahead of it. And maybe not, you know, get that RB 31 finish, but he really does have an underrated chance. I think more so than people are giving him credit. 
Everyone, I hope you enjoyed this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. If you did, please check out the rest of our podcast. Network, which covers everything NFL, college, and fantasy football. You can recap the NFL draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gales, two for one draft podcast, or get all 2021 betting content you need with the PFF forecast. If you like fantasy football, if you like playing fantasy for money, you need to check out Underdog Fantasy. Underdog's got everything, including season-long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season-long game where you draft a team like you normally do, but that's it. There's no in-season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. So go to Underdog Fantasy and deposit $10 using promo code PFF and get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. It's promo code PFF draft now at Underdog Fantasy. Quick note, everyone, I've been calling all these podcasts fantasy files, and some of you might not know why. I'm one of my favorite things growing up, and I am uh, 28 years young, so this would be like kind of mid-2000s, early 2000s, but these fantasy files commercials from back in the day, I think it was NFL Network was putting them on. Just one, you know, th- th- one thing the haters will call fake after another. We had Chris Cooley sticking his one hand through some drywall to catch a pass. We had Jason Campbell, you know, having two receivers downfield, throwing one ball in the air, hitting that ball with another one, both receivers catching the ball Andre Johnson putting a ball in a jug machine and running and catching it 60 yards downfield uh Lawrence Maroney dove through a freaking car, two car windows and out the other side one ridiculous feat after another so if you got you know 10 minutes to spare I invite you go to YouTube type in fantasy files commercials you will not regret spending your time with you know some blast from the past doing some awfully ridiculous feats of athleticism that again you know maybe some people will say it's fake you know what so is pro wrestling and that's not something that fails to entertain the masses most of the time so thank you as always for tuning in the pff fantasy football podcast new fantasy files every single day throughout the summer I invite you to check out the rest of my content at pff.com as well if you feel like it follow me on twitter at i-h-a-r-t-i-t-z i heart it as the kids like to say thank you again for tuning in until next time take care everybody